the spiritual gift of discerning spirits. That is not selecting the best whiskey. This is, this is a spiritual gift for other purposes. We have been looking at the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has made possible from primarily from 1 Corinthians 12. This will be coming from that uh, passage as well. There, there are other places in Scripture that we will get to, but for now, uh, we're exploring some of these that are uh, like a little challenging. You think about this one. It's, it's a little bit of a challenge. The gifts are there in order to help us in a supernatural way, determine what God is doing in the world and to empower us to do things uh, to help us individually, but to help us in, in building up, picking up uh, people who are stumbling and confused or, or need help, and we can help each other. That's the whole idea. We're a body of Christ, a community of believers who can work together. And so these supernatural Spirit-empowered abilities are made available to us, and this is one of those. And we uh, may not think about them as being as as pertinent today as they were when this was written, written to the Corinthians. They had a number of temples to different gods, and so they've they've got input from... uh, number of sources, and we are living in the wisdom and the brilliance of the 21st century, and we would never get sucked into any of that. So knowing all that we know, we don't need this gift. But the reality is we do need this gift, and it's still available to us. So let's take a look. Uh, Knowing the difference, it's crucial I don't know if you've gone out looking for mushrooms and saying, you know, I'll just I'll eat this one. Some of them pop up in the yard, and they look so delicious. You know, those little white tops on them, and you just run out there and snack on that thing. Nobody does that. Why? Because you don't know which one will kill you. You have to learn how to identify the right mushrooms, the, the edible ones. And if you're in France, they're worth like $3 billion a piece because they have... Fancy, fancy ones. So we need to know the difference. We need to know what is good for us, what isn't, what will kill us, what will just mislead us, make us sick. But we need to know. And so this gift is available for us to be directed in the way that God would have us and to determine uh, what is good not only for us but for those around us. This This is good for the church. So from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, he gives someone the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, because there are many. So we have to have some help in, in this process. The, um, the spirits are around us there are evil spirits there there are spirits principalities and powers in high places uh, powers of the air they're referred to in scripture that are opposed to god and they have supernatural abilities they've been around a lot longer than than any human being has and they have ability to um, communicate and to distract and to destroy and God says, you've got to watch out for them. Just 
dangerous. So we have to be aware of which spirit we are listening to, the spirit of God or another spirit. Satan will disguise himself. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 to 15. He will disguise himself and, and try to get us to, to uh, agree with him or to believe something that is in opposition to what God is doing. And Paul writes it like this, But I am not surprised even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So that, that one's you know, it's worth looking around because there are times when what sounds really good really isn't. If you get somebody to come up to you and say, hey, I'll pay you $10,000 if you kill my wife. And people do that, you know. It's on TV a lot. So you would say, no. Well, that's just ridiculous. No. It's got to be 15 or better. No. It's just, you just, the idea of just going out there, you'd say, no, that's just blatantly. You're just not going to go kill someone. And you can make that decision pretty easily. Do you need the gift of discernment for that? Yeah, probably not. Or I hope not. So, where are we going to run into trouble? Huh. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. What sounds good? What sounds inviting? What sounds like, oh, isn't it, that's just so on track. That, just, that just, just fills my heart. I just feel so close. I am so moved. And it can be... Uh, someone preaching, teaching in a church. It can be someone leading a Bible study. It can be a friend. And they've just gotten pulled aside by the enemy himself. And because it sounds appealing, then we got an issue. Because it's so close to sounding like the truth. may even have elements of the truth in it. You go, well, wait a minute, I, you know, I need to know. Uh, well, we wouldn't even ask the question for the most part. We just go, that, you know, that's the same as what I'm always hearing. Can't discern the difference in the spirit of the enemy and the spirit of God. God says, well, I'm going to have to send the Holy Spirit with some abilities here and put them in the church, put some people in there who can do this, because I will give them the ability to know that that's not me. That voice you're listening to over there is not me. That voice sometimes, frighteningly enough, is in our head. And it'll be us. And our hearts are deceived or wanting to do what we want to do. And we say, well, that must be okay with God because that's what I want to do. And God in heaven is going, ah, you got some learning to do. And... Uh, as the end of this says, in the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. There's a time when all that catches up, even those who are deceiving. But we don't want to get caught in that. We don't want to be part of it. So we need to watch out. That's what Jude is warning us of. Jude, right back there by the book of Revelation. And this says Jude 1.4. By the way, there's only one chapter. So it's Jude verse 4 because that's all you get. 
Okay. I say this because some ungodly people who have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Wow. Any immorality that you've heard of recently in a church? And this is that situation. That, that's fine. You know, just being immoral because grace, Jesus died on the cross, spilled his blood so people can do whatever they want. No, that was not the point. Grace is available to us. God's reached out and, and knows that we are incapable of making this on our own. So he's made it possible for us to have a relationship with him, and he reaches out his hand and pulls us up. But he is not saying at the same time, do whatever you want. Do whatever the culture says. Agree with anybody that's on TV or the Internet. Just, just go with it. Affirm it all. No. You've got to watch out. Because anybody who is in the church and saying those things has denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he died for the good, for the right, for the truth, for the things that make a difference. What is good for all people, for us as individuals, and for all people worldwide for all time. So he's trying to move us in another direction. And Jude is saying, man, this will happen. This stuff will happen. Ungodly people made their way into the churches And then they begin to talk about this marvelous grace and they redefine it to say anything goes. It's all acceptable. Y'all just do it and smile and God is just going to bless you. Not true. There's a denial of the Lord. Got to watch out for that one. Uh, Spotting the evil one. This This is Paul. He's doing this on his first missionary journey. And he's made it over to Cyprus from the mainland, so this island, just out there in the Mediterranean off the coast. And he is talking to some, some Romans, and in the course of this, some things, some things pop up. But you just got to, I'll read this from Acts 13, but just imagine you're there with someone. Somebody's saying some things that are in opposition, but you... You've just met this person. You don't, you know, it's just like the, the person in aisle three at Walmart. You don't really know them. You just, you just pass them by or you just ran into them. So this is, you know, here's Paul. Afterward, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Paul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's key. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud and enemy of all that is good. 
Will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you. And you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Paul identifies the sorcerer, of course, he's probably wearing a name tag that says that, but he's got that part. How do you get this other information? How does he know what he's always been and done? That's, that's the, the part where the gift, the Holy Spirit has come on him, has come on Paul and revealed more about him. Full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy that of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? He just knows more about him and what he has done, what he's continued to do. So he's interfering with this uh, Sergius Paul is coming to, to believe, but even here, the gospel presentation. And he's I, able to identify that. It's amazing how many people will run interference if certain things are being presented. And, and if somebody needs to hear about Jesus or needs to hear a truth about Jesus, how many other people, if they're sitting at the family dining table, will change the subject interfere, I need another round of mashed potatoes, something's going to come up, and it'll come up quick. If it's here, if there's a topic that someone really, really needs, and it's really clear that they really, really need to hear it, they will suddenly jump up from this room and go to the bathroom. Suddenly, their phone will ring, and they will have to answer it. Because obviously, if the phone rings, you've got to go do whatever it tells you to do because we are under contract. They run down the hallway. Or on that particular Sunday, they won't be here. Why is that? There's a spirit who wants to crush God's truth for us as individuals, as a family, as a church, and he'll do whatever he can. In this case, he had a sorcerer who came along and Paul identifies him and calls him out and the Holy Spirit takes care of him. He goes blind for a while and uh, for Sergius Paulus, he's going, whoa, well, I just got that guy's attention. God is at work trying to bring about truth, trying to reveal himself in a variety of ways and the enemy is trying to block that wherever possible and in whatever way possible. And sometimes it will be good stuff, like a call to go do something. Well, we just need to go help so-and-so. Or wouldn't it be fun if we just went, and it happens to be at a particular moment when certain something is being discussed or something is being brought forward or taught or prayed for or whatever, and in that person's life, their entire life could be changed, redirected, helped, burdens lifted, And they don't experience it because they listen to the lies of the enemy. And they just don't come. They just don't participate. And they convince themselves that that was just a better choice. And it happens all the time. 
all the time. The Lord's trying to reach in to our lives and make them better. And we need the gift of discerning spirits. The gift of discerning spirits, the supernatural revelation of spiritual entities and their works, communication, and intentions by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's going to reveal these things, and he will reveal it to the person, in this case, somebody who he's manifested this ability to, and a group of believers in a church, so that that person... can be warned, be helped, and be redirected. And it can be the works, or it can be the communication. It can come from a different direction. It can be the intentions. Sometimes all of these things are like, but we're doing this mission. we got this thing God has called us to do, and it looks like, oh, man, this is just unbelievably on track. And then the intentions are questionable. And you go, well, where did that come from? Because there's a different drive on the inside that we don't know. Because it takes the Holy Spirit to, to reveal, pull back the curtain so we can see what's going on. Because we don't, all, we don't know everything. So what discerning evil spirits is not? What discerning evil spirits is not? It is not self-made religion. There is a, uh, this, this sometimes will show up in, in ways that people are making up their own, their own rules, their own way that, that, that Christianity works itself out. And it's really not biblical, it's not spiritual, it's not the thing that God is, has produced over these centuries. It's just the way that they feel about it. And if they're really good communicators, if they're good entertainers, if they're good speakers, if they're motivators, people will listen, buy their books, and a whole new thing is developed. And unless there's someone there, because it may sound good, and unless someone is there to say, wait a minute, that, that one is, uh, that's not where the Lord Jesus is coming from. We are denying him when we buy into this like the grace thing that Jude was talking about. So we, we watch out for the self-made religion. We watch out for the self-righteous, those who declare themselves that they have arrived, they have achieved all that God has, has uh, required. Of course, not what God requires. It's what in their minds is the list. Whatever that list is, they have met, met it because they made up the list. It fits them. Self-righteous. you got to you know, watch that one. So those, those are a couple of things. But hasty generalizing is another way of dealing with evil spirits uh, or discerning evil spirits. Or don't want to do this one. And that's to just throw everybody in the same pot and assume if, if they agree with a particular system, and it can be in the church, they agree with a certain system. Well, they must be evil. They're wrong. There are a variety of ways of approaching our, our relationship with the Lord. One of those 
can be generalizing that everyone who doesn't do church the way we do it is is so far off that they they probably don't even get to go to heaven. I mean, it's just really questionable whether they get to go to heaven because they baptize different than we do. They have communion different than we do. They say the words over communion different than the way we do. And obviously that's a problem. Don't wear the right clothes at the right time on the right days. So the generalizing comes out from all kinds. And, and it, sometimes it's just a matter of, oh, you go to the church that has this name. I know you guys wouldn't do this, but some people go, well, the, if it has that name, then you know I ain't having nothing to do with it. You guys are really questionable. It's probably evil spirits, you know, just generalizing. Judgmentalism, similar a tactic, it's, but it's condemning and often towards individuals and it, it can be the way they talk, dress, place they, just the whole of their religious experience is just ripped to shreds. Hypercriticism, having so many rules in our own view of things that we put everybody under condemnation with, with just our critical spirit. And so there's a whole negativity to that. And so discerning evil spirits isn't just having this attitude where I'm just going to judge and beat up on people. I think we're supposed to love people. I think that's part of it. Not, not in the way of I affirm everyone, but we're supposed to apply that love that Jesus loved us. That doesn't include all of these things. So this is moving in a different direction, this this discerning spirit, uh, discerning evil spirits. So let's see. Long ago, I just come to Christ. This is this is early on for me. So I'm at a meeting, and I didn't know anything about this. I don't think I'd ever read this. I'd read the Gospels. I knew that, but there were other things that I didn't know. And so I'm at a meeting in Tulsa at a Christian college. And the meeting, the content, the speakers who, who were coming were awesome, really helpful. And I'm, I'm just bothered by the president of this thing. I'm thinking, man, what's up with that guy? I've never met him. He's, he's come up on the platform. The speaker's there. He's walked across the stage. He's sitting in a chair up there. This is something up, something, something with that guy. So... I don't want to be hypercritical. I don't even know what hypercritical is at this point. I don't even know how to judge them because I am new to this thing. I don't know. It's going, there's something. Lord, what is, you know, is it me? Maybe it's just me. So I asked the Lord to make this. I have no problem asking for fleeces in case there's anybody who knows what that means. And you've been told, don't do that. Just come on. It's in the Bible. Anyway. I didn't know what that meant either at the time. I'm just doing it. So I'm just looking up there going, this guy is, I, I don't know. Make him just stare at me. If that's, you know, this whole crowd, just have that guy stare at me. And, and we'll see, you know, just if there's something wrong here. And he turns around and goes, I'm going, yikes. Well, that was probably a fluke. Lord, if that guy's got a problem there, would you just make him, Stare at me. <laughs> he whips back around. 
what? Okay. So there's something wrong with that guy. Didn't know, didn't know that guy. Wasn't too long until the things began to be revealed about him and some things that were happening behind the scenes and the college falls apart and he's called out and he had to go into hiding and all kinds of things happened. I go, wow, there really is something to this. So I had to explore a little bit more. So, you know, other other times, other places, but the, the fact that the Lord will... Reveal it, it if you sense something that man, something's not right here. I mean, first check out if you, it's just you, because if it's you and you just got a bad attitude, then you know, or you're hung up on something from your past, you know, you, you know, deal with it. But if, if that's not the case, and and this is something good for the people, good for the people of Christ, and you know, ask the Lord to help you identify that thing. And if it's this gift, then the Lord will just send the Holy Spirit. And give you the ability to identify an evil spirit in a place. And it can be through the teaching also. So if um, we've had some people fall recently. Some high-profile Christians have, have just taken a nosedive. And really been an embarrassment to the, to the church. So you have some of those guys. And you listen to the message. And when you listen to the message, the message is fine. That part is acceptable. Truth is truth. Jesus got on to his guys when they said, there's somebody over there preaching in your name. And he goes, it, you know, and Paul too. If they're getting the gospel out, if they're sharing the word, if they're, they're, they're not against us, they don't know who we are. They don't know all the rest of it, but they're getting the message. The message is going out. So if the message is out there, Okay, but there's character issues, yeah? But you don't put it all in a blender. You don't do it all. You, you, you have to be careful with the character because that really is the basis for things. But there can be a fall and they've spoken truth. And you have to be able to discern the difference, to separate those two. And go, it's not, did you know that Adolf Hitler spoke truth? He said it would be a good thing if we built some highways that were big and we could drive a bunch of vehicles down them. So the Autobahn was invented. Anybody driven on a two, four-lane highway or interstate turnpike? Anyone? Guess who invented that? That's right. So we can't accept anything from that guy. And yet you probably drove on one to get here. Can we accept a message even from a person who is evil? Yeah, the message is true. But we have to separate it. To lump everyone in in and just throw everything out is in logic called an ad hominem abusive. It's a fallacy. It's going too far. You can't just dump it. You have to check it out. So when we're doing the gift of discerning, we have to discern whether or not the message, the person, the intentions, what is it that's going on here? You don't just put it all in one thing, lump it together, generalizations. We don't know we're avoiding that. We need to look at this and discern what is happening, what's the truth. And we don't have to follow everything that that person says, but we can certainly... 
There may be some things in there that are legitimate, and the character may be such that we just don't even want to explore, and there's plenty of other people, and that is great. Just don't generalize in that way. There's a message, maybe true. It may be that the, uh, the message that they're sharing is off. Got to look at that. It may be their um, intentions are off, and they're sharing things to gain the upper hand. There are people who run Christian cults in order to have sex with the people who come into their group. Now, you probably already knew about that. So what are the intentions? Are they good intentions? No. Well, it sounds like this guy is pulling off a really good uh, ministry. Look at all the people. Look at all the young people that he's ministering to. And, and look at them. They're coming off the streets, and they're, they're being housed, and they got uh, just... And then you, you get the rest of the story. You go, wow. So the intentions are wrong. We need to know that. We have to have discernment so we don't get wrapped up into that. And we have to help each other because some of this stuff actually happens in the church and those things can happen with individuals, people we trust, people who are just coming in from the outside and you don't know what they, you know, what's piggybacking on them. Uh, let me tell you about piggybacking. So people can... Uh, Let's go with the Rogers County Youth. So Barbara Chupp, who's now with the Lord, you guys remember? <laughs> Barbara Chupp, she worked for Rogers County Youth, and they had, so youth who were in trouble would come, and, and they had a place for them, they'd take care of them, and it was teenagers. So they had, uh, it was a neat setup, and she really had a heart for these guys. So it was, it was neat what, what they were doing over there. She calls and says, we, got, we have a problem over here. And so I have counseling background. So some of that you think, oh, okay, she you know, probably needs someone to come over and do counseling. No. We're having a problem with demons over here. Well, that's different. So they have what, what, what these, there were manifestations of of. Uh, demonic activity and they would try to deal with it she and the director were praying and they're trying to deal with these things and they were coming at them fast and hard and they were coming because these kids would come in and they may be there a week, month, two months, whatever and then get placed somewhere or go home so in the meantime you got this rotation so they get maybe get rid of whatever was happening for a while and then somebody else would move in the deal is the evil spirits will piggyback. So they're coming from homes where the possibility of uh, the evil is going on, the darkness is in the home, or they've come into contact with it. They're being removed from the home, and now they're coming to this place. So the piggybacking evil spirit makes it into this place. And then they cause all kinds of disruption. Now, it may be in the attitude or the things that the, this teenager is doing, but it can also be a manifestation of supernatural activity, move, things moving, uh, temperature changes when they move from place to place, just a sense of oppression. So oppression, depression, all of those kind of things, the joy is just sucked out of that place. I mean, it was, it, 
it was tough. So I, I did go there and pray, and we spent time, and we walked the whole thing. And went. The, the kids were on an activity at the time, so we could go through and kind of go through the rooms and kind of clear out everything. And so it helped. It helps. But then next week, you got another batch coming in with another piggybacking situation. So there are times when the evil spirits are making their way into the church because of something that we've been involved in or been around. And that's part of the reason Paul is saying in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God, stand firm. We're dealing with non-physical entities here, spiritual things, and they will make their way. They will try to distract or destroy you in any way they can, and they want to take out anybody else around you. You've got to discern where they are, when they are. And if you have weird thoughts, and this can happen to you, a 22-year-old soccer player who was winning, they helped win a national championship, was found dead in her dorm room this last week, and turns out it was suicide. Why would you do that if you're captain of the team, popular, doing well, you have a future, you have hope? Well, you don't have hope, that's what's gone. But you just decide, that's it. I don't have a life worth living. And everybody else is looking at you saying, I just like a piece of what you have. I don't, I don't have any of that. And where does that come from? And sometimes it's, it's a psychological, sociological. There's other pressures. And sometimes these spirits show up. And they will suggest that the only way you can move forward, you don't really have any reason to be on, the, on this planet. You have no reason to live so just take these pills, take out this knife, this gun. Or if you've had this when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you have this thought, just turn the car into that bridge above me. Go just drive into that tree. That's not normal, in case you're wondering. Not normal for you as a human being because basically we want to survive. So the idea that you want to take yourself out is coming from somewhere else. But typically we don't think there's an external source that could be speaking into my mind. So these whispers come from somewhere else, and they piggyback. And if we buy it, we go, well, I'm not going to pull into that. I'm not going to drive into that abutment. But I just start thinking, well, you know, well, what was it? I'm down. I'm depressed. Everybody's down on me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat worms. I don't know what to do with my life. And they just piggyback. And these ride along, and it just builds, and it grows, and the relationships with other people start to divide because they don't know what's up. They just know this isn't comfortable and no fun, and the joy is gone, and you know who wants to hang out with somebody who's like that? Who just won? The Holy Spirit comes. Let's see. Love? That seems like a positive. Joy? Peace, patience. But if we have the others, those are missing. Now they'll fake it. That's the other thing that we're talking about. They'll disguise themselves as though that's real. And they really are presenting light. But it's love that is defined in the way of the world, not the way of the Lord. It will be peace provided from the world, not from the Lord. Those things will all be different. The joy will be shifted. So the, the, the way these things present themselves are, are totally different. And here 
we're just assuming, well, that's just how everybody is because that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's how I'm feeling. That's, and we're just going with it, and you've just been piggybacked. And one of those things is following you around and influencing you, and we'll take whatever you watch on TV or the music you listen to or the books you read or the conversations you have and twist them to fit that scenario. Strangely enough, you get the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's leading you in another direction, and he will reveal the truth. He will reveal what's really loving by God's definition. He will show you that you have a purpose, that you are a masterpiece built by God and accepted by grace. And he takes you in a whole different direction. Anybody been piggybacked? Yeah, it happens. And they'll take a whole congregation down or a whole nation. I think a couple of them I can think of right now. Yeah. So working with discerning spirits. When, we're, when we are facing these, this is the same for all of these spiritual gifts as we go through them, but working with them God-centered. When this gift is there, it's not going to be, hey, look at me, I can discern spirits, evil spirits. Big deal. It just, you know, God is doing that. You're, you don't... You don't have that ability. And if you think you have that ability, it's probably somebody disguised as light. And somebody needs to discern that. God-centered, Christ-honored, Spirit-empowered. The Holy Spirit's going to give us the ability to do this. Love is going going to be extended. Love by God's definition of love. Faith is going to be practiced. Satan defeated. And a spiritual purpose achieved. He's going to help us or help those around us or help a church to, to walk in the light, the real light, and to overcome the enemy to walk uprightly. Well, what to do about the gift of discerning spirits? Acknowledge the gift and appreciate that some have the gift. He's going to bring it. It'll show up. It'll be in a congregation. All of these, it's not a guarantee that every congregation gets all of these, but these are available. I think it'd be cool to have all of them, but can't be greedy. Anyway, acknowledge the gift and appreciate that some have the gift. Allow the Spirit to determine who, when, and where the gift is applied. He's in charge of all of that. He, he's going to make sure that the, at whatever particular time that that's needed, it's available. Our part is to listen. That's part of the reason I keep saying that we've got we to gotta acknowledge that these are there and appreciate them. Because we have in us the ability to say no thanks and not listen to what the Spirit has to say. Now, we don't want to hear it. And it may be, I don't want to hear it from someone else. So, you know, that whole great American attempt to, you know, tell everyone, don't tell me. Because obviously we know everything we need to know. So if somebody shares something like that, don't tell me. I already know. I know everything I need to know which is a lie, and you don't, and I don't. And we, anyway, we wind up there. And that's, uh, uh, but God is going to reveal these things through people, through himself, and maybe directly to us, and maybe indirectly through another person. So we need to just pay attention. Appreciate that the gift may manifest in anyone in the church. That is a huge problem for some. Did you know that? Anyone in the church... In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes and Jesus says, I'm sending him, he's coming, just listen to him. He's going to teach you more stuff. 
because you you can't handle all that I got to tell you just yet. So I'm sending him, and he'll be around for the rest of the time till till I come to get you. So, Holy Spirit shows up, and and we are told that he is coming for men and women, boys and girls, rich, poor, everybody. So in some churches, what if a woman shared some information with the men? Holy moly, that ain't okay. What if God is revealing and has gifted that woman? Well, they say that would be unbiblical. And I just told you where it says it's absolutely biblical. Absolutely supposed to listen. What if... A 13-year-old girl, oh my gosh, hears from God himself and shares that with us individually or in her small group or whatever. Well, she's just a kid. She ain't got no sense. She's a teenager. And she's a girl. You know, hormones and stuff. Who knows? And God is revealing himself in some powerful way. And we just turned it off. And he told us from the get-go, day one, when the church began, the Holy Spirit shows up and says, I'm going to give it to anyone I want to. So you know what we need to do? Is have enough discernment to listen. And when that message comes, no matter who it comes from, to listen. And see what God has to say. Because he is not done with us yet. He's got a long way to take us. There's some exciting days ahead. One of the ways we get there, and we get there well, is by having the gift of discerning spirits. So if you want to ask the Lord for you know, a gift, you like this one, ask him for it. Because uh, I think we could all use it. It would be helpful to have this. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us some time in your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit coming and giving these amazing gifts. I do pray that we would be discerning, that we could tell the difference between, between what is good and what is evil, what is light, true light. Lord, teach us to eat the meat, spit out the bones, to follow you in all your ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.